So people often ask me um, what I'm going to be preaching on, and I always respond the same way. Whenever they say, what are you preaching on, Pastor? I say, Jesus. And they go, oh, well, what are you, what are you preaching on? And um, I say, no, seriously, I'm preaching about Jesus. And that's usually um, the, the basis of everything. If you're wanting something different than that, I'm probably not the pastor for you, but we're going to talk about Jesus. Um, every time we gather, every time I preach, that's at the very heart of what it is, because I think the good news of Jesus is far more important than the good advice that I can give you. And so we'll continue to pro- proclaim that. But today is also a special Sunday, and so um, before we read the gospel reading today, I want to celebrate Reformation Sunday. And some of you may be more familiar with that than others, but Reformation is a time in the church year where we celebrate um, the work of the reformers. Um, Reformation Day is the 31st. It's also the same day as Halloween, but um, that's when Martin Luther nailed 95 theses um, that was this whole whole document of things that were um, a proclamation of what God is saying in the world that were kind of counter to what the church was saying at that time. And so these were these 95 theses that he nailed to the door. And so we celebrate Reformation at this time every year. And um, we're a Lutheran church. And so I thought I would uh, share a little bit of Luther with you um, to celebrate Reformation Day. And the way that I want to do that before we read our gospel reading today is Um, A friend of mine, uh, my friend Bree, introduced me when she found out that I was a Lutheran pastor. She introduced me to the Lutheran insult generator. And uh, so Martin Luther um, was a person who didn't mince words very often. And uh, from from Luther's works, and there's volumes and volumes of of Luther's theological works, and I thought I would share with you um, some of the best insults um, from those works today um, just to celebrate the Reformation. They'll be up on the screen. And if you want to ever feel insulted or insult somebody in the words of Luther, um, just Google that and it will take you right to it. So the first one, by God's permission you might accomplish something as the heathen and blasphemers you are. And we pray that he will prevent that, but it will only be to your temporal and eternal destruction. And of course, that's from the Admonition to Peace, page 34 of Luther's Works, volume 46. The next one says this. You run against God with the horns of your pride up in the air and thus plunge into the abyss of hell. Woe unto you, Antichrist. From Defense and Explanation of All the Articles, page 87 of Luther's Works, volume 32. Then also from uh, volume 32, but this time on page 41, you know less than does a log on the ground. (laughs) And then my favorite one from um, On the Councils and the Church, page 150 of Luther's Works, volume 41, Snot Nose. Just let that digest for a minute. And uh, I love the disclaimer that's actually on the site. It says, this site in no way represents Lutheranism or the Lutheran confessions. Um, So we have that going for us. So with all that said, um, this is the holy gospel of the Lord according to John, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. 
If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Those are familiar words to many of us, but let's be honest, most people know these words more from courtroom dramas and mystery shows than from the words of Jesus. We've heard them from people who are on the witness stand saying, the truth will set you free, or we've heard them as the punchline to unlocking an episode of the X-Files. The truth will set you free. But these are the words of Jesus, and they set the stage for Jesus to proclaim the source of true freedom and consider what living in that freedom actually looks like for us. Starting with this, if you continue in my word, I have my Bible with me, and I'm just going to stay in the word, because everything I need is right in here. She said those words to me as her loved one lay still and silent in the hospital bed across the room. The only noise and motion in the room was the ventilator that was keeping breath in his lungs, because the injuries that he sustained were irreversible, and he would never again be the person that she once knew. But she said... I have my Bible, and that's all I need. There are so many problems in this world, so much confusion. People need to return to the Bible and stay in the word. Another mass shooting was the news of the day. And this was his response to the predictable arguments on social media about Second Amendment rights, mental health, and thoughts and prayers. Just keep reading your Bible because that will solve everything. I question that. I wonder if there's more than that. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I will never tell you that reading your Bible is a bad thing. It's a good thing. Read it. Study it. Question it. Talk about it. Wrestle with it because the Bible is essential to our life and faith. And the Bible is one of the primary ways that we come to recognize the voice of Jesus, to learn to listen to the voice of Jesus and respond to God's voice and to follow the Spirit in our lives. I'm not saying don't read your Bibles or that it's not important. What I am saying is that that is not what Jesus was saying to the people who gathered that day. That is not what Jesus was saying to the people listening. Jesus was not just simply saying, just read your Bibles because a chapter a day is gonna keep the devil away. He was saying something completely different than that. He was saying these words to a people who had their identity and their relationship with God wrapped up more in their heritage than in an actual relationship. They were descendants of Abraham, and they said they've never been slaves to anyone. He said to these people, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want to look at a couple words in this. I want to look at the words continue and word. There's this thing that pastors do. We go, to, we go to seminary and we spend a lot of time and a lot of money to learn the original languages of the Bible. And we study those things deeply and so sometimes we feel like we have to like exercise the investment that we've made in those things and, and spout out Greek and Hebrew words. And I'm not going to go deep into the Hebrew and the Greek today. I'm not going to pay attention to that. But I want you to know that Underneath the surface of what we read today, there's something that I think gives us a little bit more insight. 
when we talk about continue in the word. Without getting too far into the weeds, if we dig into the language of this text, we would see that continue in my word could just as easily be translated, if you stay at home in me. And that's such a more powerful thing than saying, just read your Bibles. Again, read your Bibles. But there's something so much more significant to staying home in Jesus. If you stay at home, if you continue in me, the word that John talks about, the way that John talks about the word from the very beginning of his gospel, the word is not just words that were written on a page a long time ago. The word is the living word of Christ made flesh in and through Jesus. If you stay at home in me, you are truly my disciples. And what's a disciple? A disciple are people who learn from, follow, and have life in Jesus. If you stay at home in me, you are truly my disciples. And my disciples know the truth, and the truth is what makes you free. But in some ways, these words fell flat to the people who were listening to him that day. Because you can just kind of hear the wheels churning in their head. They think, what good is freedom if you're already free? I mean, that's kind of the question and the response that they had. We're descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? I want to introduce you um, to a member of our family. Um, This is Perry. So his full name is Asparagus. And we call him Perry, and his hobbies are shedding and chewing furniture and barking and being cute. And uh, Perry is a a wonderful member of our family, and we love to give him the the freedom and the privilege of being part of our family. He, as he roams our house and as he roams our yard, he knows that he's loved, he knows that he's provided for, he knows that he's protected. All of those things are true. He has a lot of freedom, sometimes too much freedom, right? When I come home and the couch has a new hole in it. Stuff like that. And we have this fenced-in backyard. And basically, Perry's world um, exists up to the edge of that fence. And there's a gate, of course, that he could go in and out. But opening the gate and giving him freedom to roam roam the world outside of our yard, it could really be a good adventure for him. Right? I mean, you've seen the Disney movies like where dogs and animals and things, they kind of roam wild and they talk and they can do all those different things. So if we were to open up the gate and let him roam free, it could be quite an adventure for him. He could run wild without boundaries or restrictions. But outside of the freedom that he has of our home and the love and the provision and the protection that he has in our home, outside of those boundaries... Or it's also a place where he'd be hurt or killed. On his own, outside the yard is a place that's away from the protection of our family. It's away from the provision and love of our family. He could run wild and free, and that might be fun for him for a time. But we also live near a busy street where he could easily find his way into the path of an oncoming car. It's also a place where he could easily lose track of where he is and have a difficult time finding his way home. What would he do for food? I don't want him to get hurt or lost. I also don't want my family to endure the hurt and loss of losing him. And so we don't let him run wild. And the reason I bring this up is because freedom and running wild are not the same thing. We are free in Christ, but that doesn't mean that we run wild. 
because freedom and running wild are not the same thing. But that's so often how we think of it. We think, I'm free, I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. It doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter what the consequences are because I'm free, so don't tell me what to do. But here's the thing. Following Jesus, it's not about restrictions and rules because Jesus embodied freedom to continue in the word, to stay at home in Jesus is to truly be free. But the freedom that we have in Christ is inseparable from the truth that is Christ. And truth in this context points to Jesus as the revelation of God through things like God's love, God's life, God's work, God's redemption, God's restoration. And we also have a way of talking about what happens when we live apart from this truth. We call it sin. In our text, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. And again, how we understand and how we hear certain words can make a difference in how we understand what Jesus is saying here. When we hear something like commit sin, I imagine that for many of us, it immediately conjures up images of our list of like bad behaviors, the thing that we say, like this is just unacceptable. But what if we understood committing sin as something just a little bit different than that? What if we understood committing sin, sin as to bring about what happens when our actions depart from God's love and redemptive work in the world? What if committing sin was actually bringing about what happens when our actions depart from God's love and redemptive work in the world? Think about how we feel when we live in this kind of brokenness. It binds us up. It holds us back and it holds us down. And Jesus uses heavy words to describe the result of this kind of life. He talks about it as slavery. And according to Jesus in this text, the way to remain free from the bondage of sin is to remain in him, to stay at home with him, right back where we started. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Our attention this week, sadly, was captured by the mass shooting that occurred in Maine a few days ago. And according to the, the Gun Violence Archive, it was the 566th mass shooting in our country this year. 18 people died, 19 including the shooter. 13 were injured, injured and countless others were forever harmed by the loss and the trauma and the grief of it all. But here's the thing, you could make the argument that the shooter was just exercising his freedom, right? He had the freedom to have a gun. He had the freedom to shoot the gun. But did he exercise his freedom within the truth? Clearly, no. I mean, just the opposite. The way that he exercised his freedom brought about nothing but suffering and death. And somewhere once, I heard that these things were the wages of sin. His exercise, of, his exercise of freedom had absolutely nothing to do with God's love, God's life, God's work, God's redemption, God's restoration. Instead, 
his exercise of freedom and the way that we exercise it, maybe not in so extreme a way, but how we often exercise that freedom works counter to what God is doing in this world. God's redemptive work, don't hear me wrong, God's redemptive work can't be stopped. God is renewing all things, and that work continues. But things like this can certainly set things back a little bit. Because it will take a lifetime for those closest to that situation to heal from the trauma and the grief that was inflicted on them by this sinful exercise of freedom. Because freedom and running wild are not the same thing. Freedom isn't about satisfying our selfish urges or running wild. Running wild always gets someone hurt. It always brings about sin and then enslaves people to it. And as Jesus says in our text, the slave does not have a permanent place in the household. But Jesus also says this, the son has a place there forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The son has a place in that freedom forever. And so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And that, my friends, is the life of a Christ follower. We remain with Jesus. We remain in Jesus. We stay at home with Jesus. And there we remain free, truly free. Not just some illusion of freedom that we get from running wild. We're truly free at home in Jesus. And that's the journey that we're on. That's the journey that we are on together as the people of God. That's why having faith that works in real life matters so much. That's why we read our Bibles so that we can hear that truth and cling to that truth, not so that we can use this as some kind of false sense of comfort or as some weapon to, be, to do further harm against people. Why we read our Bibles is so that we can hear the voice who proclaims again and again and again that we are loved, and because we are loved, we are truly free. And to learn to walk together in the freedom that we have in Jesus, that's our call to find and stay at home with him, and then to join in God's redemptive work in this world. That's what having a faith that works in real life looks like. And that's what we're learning to participate in as the people of God of Messiah Lutheran Church. Let's pray together. God, I give you thanks. Thank you for the way that you are setting us free, the way that you have set us free. Help us to see and recognize the gift that it is to be loved and to be loved without question, to be loved beyond measure. May that speak to us. May that change us. May that teach us to live differently in this world. And when we see brokenness and sin rearing its ugly head around us, may we not confuse that for what it means to truly be free. May we see clearly that we are free in you, 
And that freedom gives us all that we need to live and to love, to be strengthened, to be provided for, to be protected. All of the things that you promise, you make good on. So teach us that to stay at home in you and to stay at home with you is exactly where we want to be. Because with you, we discover who we truly are. We are your beloved children, loved beyond measure, set free to live and love and join your redemptive work in this world. And for that, we give you thanks. We pray in the name of Jesus.